Welcome to Newbridge Christian Community, a place we experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David Ogenero teaches and divides the word of truth. Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's new breed. It means good news or glad tidings. A news too good to be true with the power to radically change one's life as they respond to it. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, Uangelion is a Greek word that means good news. A news too good to be true, the Maka. That radically changed lives of those who respond to it. Now, this is actually the Greek word for gospel. Whatever you see, the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's, I'm not ashamed of the Evangelion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just like the name. Praise God. <laughs> now, the gospel of Jesus Christ is based on his death. His burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. But much of the body of Christ knows about only the death, few about the resurrection. Little is known about his burial, and little is known about his ascension. Are you following me? Are you following this? Many know that Christ died for my sins. Many know that because he died for my sins, I'm not going to suffer the penalty for sin. Many know that on his body, he took the, the punishment for sins. He suffered sickness for me. He, he took my pain. We were reconciled to God. Many know that. But many don't know the gospel in his burial. Many don't even know anything about his resurrection. Few know, okay, he rose again. He's alive again. But the stones he rolled away. Okay, yes, he's alive again. But okay, he's alive again. He's alive again. And let me tell you the issue with this. Why do I take our time to teach like this, to break it down? Understanding is what bets faith. Are you following this? Many years ago, I, I heard a man of God and respect too much, Renard David. He said, most times people have said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. He says, no. He said, God said it, I understand it. That causes me to believe it. And that settles it. Are you following this? For instance, the logic behind what is the logic behind his death? The logic behind his death is that God is a righteous judge, but we are wicked. God is good, but we, because of Adam's sin, have become depraved. We are evil. We deserve to die. But God, as a God of law, he took our death by coming as Jesus Christ. And a, a graphic example of that was 
Found when Abraham was supposed to sacrifice his son. God told Abraham, give me your son, your only son. Abraham was supposed to sacrifice his son. His son deserved the sacrifice. He was supposed to die according to that command. Are you following this? Then halfway, God truncated the process and said, stop. I'll give you a lamb for the sacrifice. So, instead of Isaac to die, God brought the lamb to die in place of Isaac. That was a perfect demonstration about us. We were the ones supposed to die that death, but God brought Christ. Do you understand it? So, I deserve to die, but he took my death so that I will live. Somebody say amen. amen. That's the logic behind his death. Substitution. But what about his burial? How do I know his burial is part of the gospel? First Corinthians chapter 15. Let's go there. First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. Are we something that device? From verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Somebody say, I stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I stand in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Let's jump to verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Did you see that? Yes. Verse 4. And that he was buried. Who is following me? Verse 3 says that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. That was the gospel Paul preached. Verse 4, and that he was buried. Say after me, he was buried. He was buried. And that he rose again the, the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Sephard and then of the twelve. And after that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the present, but some are fallen asleep. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, verse 3, verse 3 to verse 4, particularly verse 4, says, he was buried. So his burial is part of the gospel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, I'm also raising this up because there are some religions that teach that he was not buried. Like Islam teaches that Jesus Christ was not buried. Pay attention. They believe that his body was exchanged. And the, uh, that story was not the first, Jesus was not the first to have that um, um, gossip around his story. There was also some other um, great prophets like Thaddeus. When you read the Hebrew, about the Hebrew culture, I was studying one biography one time called the Kingdom of David. There were many other people that came and when they died, their, their disciples would take the body and go out of the city. So they will not see him anywhere. They will say, oh, they disappeared. So they wanted to raise up that kind of story about Jesus. The Bible says he was buried. So they wrote it again. He was buried. 
Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ's body was not exchanged. He was buried. Praise the Lord. And even the, the Messianic prophecies talk about it. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 9 says, He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. For that to be grave, that means he entered somewhere. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, even when Jesus was talking about himself, are you following me? Are you following me? Are you following me? Even when Jesus was talking about himself and his redemptive work, he gave special attention to his burial. Remember that time that Mary came and knelt down on him and broke her alabaster box and began to pour ointment. What did Jesus say? She said she did it because of my burial. Do you remember? Yes. That was in Matthew 26, verse 12. He talked about that. Matthew 26, verse 12. I'm not paying particular attention to that, but let me just read it. Great one, we give you praise. Great one, we give you praise. Lord, as we share this word, Spirit of God, speak to your people beyond my words in the name of Jesus. You are, you are the praise, Lord. Matthew 6, 12 says, For in that she had poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Did you see that? She did it for what? My burial. But there was also another time Jesus talked about his burial. But this time he paid special attention when connecting his burial to that of Jonah. And that's where we are going to pay more attention to. Go to Matthew chapter 12. My correct? Yes. Matthew 12 from verse 40. Matthew 12 from verse 40. The Bible says, for as Jonas, actually that's Greek for Jonah. Jonah is Hebrew. Jonas is Greek. That's why if you, you, you notice very well in the Old Testament, you see Eli Elijah. But when you come to the New Testament, you see Elias. So, it's just the same thing. For Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's, whale's belly. That's Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. He was three days and three nights in the world's belly. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, that was Jesus comparing himself with Jonah. Go to Jonah chapter 1 from verse 17. Jonah 1 from verse 17. The Bible says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. You know, I used to do a joke. I used to ask, where did Jesus die? Let me say, Good Friday. Is that Good Friday? Three days and three nights. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No. If this if he actually stayed in the belly of the fish of the earth. Three days and three nights, it can't be Good Friday. Is either 
Thursday early in the morning or Wednesday late. But if you follow the what is called the high Sabbath, it's actually Good Wednesday. Because if you study the, there's something called high Sabbath. That's theology class. The reason why I don't bring those up in the church is because even after you know it, what does it change? <laughs> Praise God. Okay, so is it that we now doing Good Wednesday? I've been Good Friday, is even fresh. After I finish work. After I finish work, you just come on Friday. Praise the Lord. No, we can't make a mole, a mountain out of a molehill. Praise the Lord. But Jonah 1 verse 17 said, Now Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now go to chapter 2 verse 1. The Bible says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by the reason of affliction unto the Lord and he heard me and out of the belly of hell pay attention and out of the belly of hell I cried I and thou hearest my voice I thought you went down you were it was the belly of the fish initially now we are talking about the belly of hell that's pointing to something about Christ are you following me? You see, the good news about the gospel in his burial is not just that his body was put inside a cave or a sepulchre, but it was that while his body was in the grave, something else was happening. Are you following me? While his body was in that cave or in that physical grave, Jesus' soul went to hell. Have you followed me to this point? Okay. And that is very, very important. Just as Jonah said he died and he cried out to God from the belly of hell, Jesus Christ compared himself with Jonah. That means while his body was in that grave, his soul was in hell. And other scriptures corroborate this. You see Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 9. It says, Now that he ascended, what is it? Ephesians 4 from verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. What's he trying to say there? He says, Now that we are saying that he ascended, it's not because he first went into the lower part. It's just like saying, now that you are upstairs, it's not because you are first of all downstairs before coming upstairs. Are you following what I'm trying to say? Now that he ascended, what does it mean that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? You know, when the Bible says the lower parts of the earth, it's actually referring to hell. I'm trying my best not to sound mystical. I just want to preach the Bible. Praise the Lord. But I have to explain all these things to you. He went into where? The lower parts of the earth. In hell, there are different parts. Pay attention now. In hell, there are what? Different parts. The Bible shows us that actually in hell, as at when Jesus went to hell, there were three parts. 
The first part is called Hades, where the people who wanted to serve God or people who served God, when they died, they went there. That Hades was also referred to as Abraham's bosom. Are you following me? But there was also another part called Gehenna. That's the place of torment. Those who rejected God, who didn't serve God, they were sent there. So remember that story in Luke chapter 16, where the Bible says that there was a rich man and there was Lazarus. Lazarus loved God, wanted to serve God, but he was poor. And the rich man kept dealing with Lazarus as it were. He didn't care about God. He cared about his money and his fame and everything. When he died, the Bible says that the angels took Lazarus to Abraham's bosom in hell. Are you following this? And took the rich man to the place of torment. And I think we should just look at it. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. From verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the doors came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, look at verse 23. Pay attention to verse 23. It says, And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and set Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Where? In hell. You know, years ago, I used to think this was heaven. That means those of us in heaven who were looking at those in hell <laughs> and saying, Ah, my guy. Somebody said that. It, it, um, he doesn't mind going to heaven. I remember praying to a man, and he was like, "We won't go to heaven. Like, at least while well, he's in hell, he can see these guys in heaven." That they be saying, "Our father, what did he have with Abeg?" I said, "See your life. <laughs> see what you are playing with." I used to feel like, "Okay, those of us we can after look at it." I said, "Joe, so you make, you don't make him." Chai, I did preach to you now. <laughs> but the Bible is saying, we know. When we grew in revelation, praise God. When I grew to understand it, that place, they were all in hell. How do I know? Let's read on. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and said, Abraham, a power, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He was able to talk. Why? They were in the same place, but there was a little difference. And in hell he took his eyes with the and said, Abraham, a father and Lazarus in his bosom. And he said, and cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said, Lazarus, you're a very wicked man. Even here, he wants to send Lazarus' message. You're not serious. <laughs> he says, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torment in this flame. But Abraham said, remember that. Thou in the latter received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and thou art tormented. Did you see with that? That place is called the place of torment. 
And beside all this, see verse 26. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Are you seeing this? So they were put in the same place, but there was a gulf. There is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that I would come from hence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that I will send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, and he may testify to them, lest they come into this place of torment. Are you seeing this? Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither would they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. What does this mean? God does not send people from the dead church. Jesus Christ, Abraham said no. This is Jesus Christ telling us that God does not send anybody from, the, from hell to bring a message to people on earth. You know what I'm going to do? I'm showing you scripture. This is it's in the Bible. Now, this, this is the place, please hear this, and the place of torment. That is, let's put it like this. Let's not use the, those strange words. Let's use normal words. Abraham's bosom and the place of torment. But there was another place. I don't know if Jude 1 verse 6. The Bible says, and the angels will kept not their best estates. That's what is written in Jude 1 verse 6. God has reserved everlasting chains in darkness. Let's read it. Jude 1 verse 6. Jude 1 verse 6. And the angels will get on their first estates, but left their own habitation. Where was their habitation? Heaven. He had reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. That is actually the place for ir the irredeemable angels. You know, the Bible talks, in, talks about them in Genesis chapter 6 that the sons of God came and had sexual relations with the daughters of men and brought forth angels. Actually, angels can manifest, they can take up these two bodies. They can actually take off his good bodies. You know, in Hebrews chapter 13, Paul was talking to the uh, the writer of Hebrews. Let me not assume it's Paul because we all say it's Paul, but he didn't put his name there. So the writer of Hebrews says, he says, don't be forgetful to entertain strangers. That some have also entertained angels. Like I personally, when this ministry was, was supposed to start, I just got a job in an oil company. Walking out of the bus, a man slapped me from behind. I said, hey! I know the one that God told to start the church. God told you to start the ministry. What are you doing? You say you don't have money. I pity you. I say, ah. I say, sir. I say, wait, wait. You're going. I say, sir, 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 wait, wait, wait. He said, God told you to start the church. You have not started. God told you. The man gave me his number. I got the number. It does not exist. I called the next day. Nothing. Call again. One day I say, wait, wait. So angels can take on this is just my personal experience. You also see it replete in the Bible. They they rebelled against God. So God put them in everlasting chains. So that's the unlock of hell. 
Those are the three parts we see. So the Bible says that Jesus descended where? Into the lower parts of the earth. This is the parts I'm showing you now. Praise the Lord. So the good news there is not just that his body was in the grave, but that while his body was in the grave, just like Jonah said he cried from the bed of hell, Jesus Christ went down into hell. But there is more. Say after me, there is more. Okay. The question is, why? Why should Jesus Christ go to hell? Why should Jesus Christ go there? Because he has to suffer eternal punishment that we deserve if he would truly be the Redeemer. He had to face the judgment and justice of God. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 27. Hebrews 9 from verse 27. Hebrews 9 from verse 27 reads, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Did you see that? And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Wait, 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 wait. So he jumped something. He talked about him taking judgment. He just talked about his appointed unto men once to die. Hey, let's focus to Jay. Holy Ghost. He just talked about it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. So Christ took the sins of many, meaning he died and faced the judgment. If he died and faced the judgment, that means he would take the judgment of many, right? If he stepped in the sins of many, that means he would take the judgment of many. Are you following me? Yeah. That means you also go to where the people who are judged are supposed to go. At what point did he not come out without sin? We will see that shortly. Who is following this? Let's read on. When people die, they face the judgment immediately. You know, people ask right now, when a person dies, where does he go to now? You know, in a major denomination all around the world, there's something they call purgatory. That when people die, they go to a waiting place. That is actually correct, but 80% not fully correct. Are you following me? Let me explain that now. Before Jesus Christ came, when people die, they go to the underworld. That's the lower part of the earth. Those who believed in God or wanted to serve God or opened their hearts to serve the Lord, they are sent to Abraham's bosom. Those who rejected Christ, rejected God, there's this one I'm telling you, they wanted to serve the Lord because of the Old Testament people. There are many people in the Old Testament who did not, Christ has not been revealed then, who wanted to respond to God, their conscience. Today is not the thing for that. How, how will God judge those old guys? Like your great, 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 how will God judge him? It's not today's class, but it's in the Bible. Somebody say amen. amen. 
So, when they die, where did they go? Those people that rejected God, they are sent to the place of torment. All of this is in hell. After that, the Bible says that at the judgment of the great day, hell will give up those people. Everybody. And they will now be judged. From there, they will now be sent to the lake of fire. From branch, we had called us. What we are telling people, if you have a cousin or a brother who is not saved, is he see? You hit him. Don't say, eh, 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 you know, you know this, you, you know this, you are joking. Look at what Jesus had to go through. The issue of salvation is a very big deal. The, the biggest pain about this whole thing is that there are some people who they are attending churches, eh? But they are going there. They are not saved. So, when the person dies, he's supposed to, he goes there. But after Jesus Christ died and resurrected, everything changed. That fast called Abraham's bosom was emptied. And I will show you. That part called Abraham's bosom, all of them, from all of them, Jesus Christ took all of them. That is in the Bible. He took all of them straight to heaven. Now, when a Christian dies, he goes there to heaven. When an unbeliever dies, he goes to the place of torment. No head is for you. No cooling place. Straight. Straight to Gehenna. At the rapture, what will happen is that our physical bodies, if we were, if we had died or we had slept, our physical bodies will be raised to join our spirits with the Lord in the cloud. Are you listening to me? But if we are alive, our physical bodies we take on a new body that will also be equivalent to a seed we are raised from. Are you following this? Do you understand? Okay. So, because he had to be the, the redeemer, truly be the redeemer, he had to go to hell. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Say after me, thank you, Jesus. And the Bible talks about it. Go to Isaiah chapter 53 from verse 8. Isaiah 53 from verse 8. Isaiah 53 from verse 8. It says, he was taken from prison and from judgment. That's talking about his adoration. From where? From prison. At what point did he enter prison? When he went to Hades. He became the prisoner of darkness. He, see, because of taking our sin, he had to die a prisoner's death. He had to go as a prisoner. When a man rejects the gospel, he is saying that I, I can take the imprisonment for myself. You know what we say? Oh, what the matchless love displayed that Christ took our sins and went to hell. You know, if not, until you understand what the gravity, the judgment that's supposed to be responded to your sin, that Christ 
bear on itself. If on, until you understand the weight of it, it still may not be gospel to you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? It may not mean gospel. It may not mean okay. What is the good? What is the good news that he died was buried? If you don't understand it, you will now see. You will be thinking that oh, they are just saying something. And it's appointed unto men once to die. They after the judgment. Every single person, even if like the head of state, head of local government, any once you bow, you know they say that that's not the situation of life. It's just that your location changes. As you stop living here, you wake up in the other side. Now, what? Imagine. Okay, let's be like this. Imagine you are relocating. Eh? And you have so much money here. Maybe you have 10 billion naira in Nigeria. And you are relocating to France. France will now be your new zone. What will matter to you? It's not how you make your life more, more worth living in France. Imagine somebody was everything somebody gave to you is only relevant in Nigeria. By the time you now get to France, it's useless. <laughs> Won't you be thinking about trying to the money you have there? Trying to transfer it so that it's now become France currency. The ATM card you're using here, you carry it there. <laughs> no, no, boy. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is weird. So, the gospel in Christ's burial is number one. Jesus has not just taken the physical punishment, but the eternal judgment for sins. Therefore, if anyone believes in him, he has escaped eternal judgment. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. In short, no believer in Jesus Christ is going to hell. It is, it is, I know many people may not have said this to you, but it is a very serious and fundamental truth of the Christian faith that no believer is going to hell. John chapter 5 verse 24. It says, Very, very, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. Say glory! Glory! And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Hey, see, I don't know how you will read me. When I read the Bible, I get those points. I, I start doing my leg like this. I'm passed. <laughs> Hey, I've passed from death unto life. The Christian is not going to hell again. Do you understand? He has gone there for you. If you believe in him, you have escaped death. Tell me, you have escaped death. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Tell me, there is no condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. Oh. You think people 
condemnation is just in that on the cross. After that on the cross, that was stage one. You know when you are doing it after you, there is stage one. Now stage, stage two. That cross was opening chapter. Do you know what it means to be? See, do you know what it means to be in Hades? Do you know what it means to be? You have heard this the other word. Do you know what it means? See, see, see. When Paul was talking about it, Paul said, we can't go into that scripture now. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul said, it is unlawful for, to speak about anything there. This, the torment is too much. It's unthinkable. I, I, I'm telling you, it's unthinkable. Now, people may think, oh, it's not just people are just chilling here. Eh? Hey. Have you been under house arrest? Oh, this lockdown, this lockdown itself is even a, you see, it's not, it's not even a taste. People are chilling their houses now. Doing challenge every day. Doing, uh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll touch the, this thing, my face will change. You don't know what's up. <laughs> people who are in prison understand it more. A man told me, he said, I don't want my enemy to go to the prison. See, he said, the one night I spent in the prison, eh? the one night I spent, he said, you'll be looking like this, you'll be looking at the day. He said, see, the day does not want to end. Doing nothing. The man said, I saw the place to stand, but there was literally no space to stand. But he said, but I found a place to stand because I'm slim. He said, somebody's defecating there. Somebody, he said, but he had just, he said, that's not even his fault that he was just looking at the time. He said, time was just. He said, sometimes, he said, after that one night, he could not think straight for like three days. How much people that have been there for months? That is a physical prison. How much more a spiritual prison? A prison that is endless. But tell me what Christ delivered you from. Are you, are you following? A prison that is not that you can come back to your body and correct your ways. An eternal prison. A prison that you, you may not begin to look back. What if I should have accepted that message? What if? What? So, is this the end? Yes. You know when people say, my life has finished, maybe a guy broke up with them, or they lost their car, or something happened, or a close person to them now died, my life is over. Last, last, you wake up the next day and eat. The life is shall not over. You can still do something. But we're talking about an end that is an end. An end that is, there is no day after to wake up to that there is. Are you understand what I'm trying to say? That's the condemnation for sin. So you now understand what is called love. He went and so that you would not do it. So now there is therefore now no condemnation. I am no condemnation. No condemnation for me. You know, I was preaching to an atheist one time, and I told him, even if, if I believe in Jesus Christ, eh, and go to the other side. And find out that there was nothing like Jesus, and we just disappear after here. I do not lose. But you, if you die and go there, 
and find out <laughs> you lose here, you lose there. Who is wiser? Who is wiser? So Jesus will say, What will he brought to the man if he gives the whole world? Jesus is talking in financial terms. You know what he means to gain the whole world? Let's not even see. Game for that cost.
why we have authority over the devil is because of the gospel in this area. Because Christ has defeated the devil forever. So whenever we say the name of Jesus, they remember that sin. That's why every Christian, every Christian can cast out devils. Every Christian can put a stop to the work of darkness. Every Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three. Jesus delivered the captives in hell. I, I like this one. Hey, Zazususaya. Psalm 68 from verse 18. This is talking about Jesus. This is, Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Oh, Jesus. You know, in King James, what you read is, Thou hast ascended up on high. Psalm 68 verse 18. This was actually a prophecy of Jesus. Thou hast ascended up on high. Thou led captivity captive. That is King James. See, contemporary English version. It says, When thou climbed the high mountain, you took prisoners with you. Are you seeing this? Yeah. You took what? Prisoners with you. Some other translations will say, Thou led a crowd of captives. Who are the captives? Those guys are with Abraham's bosom. Those guys. They were captives there. Are you following this? There's more to that. I will try to stay within what they can handle for this service. Now, that was Psalm 68. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 8 when it was being quoted. It says, wherefore he said, when he has ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, see verse 9 that we, we started on at the beginning. Now, now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. So, who is following me? Are you understanding the correlation? So, this was prophesied first in some state. Actually, what that was saying is that you will, when he's ascending, he will carry with him the souls of the departed. That is why if you remember carefully when Jesus resurrected, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 27 that they saw the bodies of all those that were sent before. They rose up. The Bible says they rose up. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 14 to 15. Let's let go to that place again. It says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Now verse 15. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime. Do you see that now? Subject to bondage. All those guys, they were there. Abraham was there. Joshua was there. But this one, this one is different. Samuel, the prophet, you die, you go there. Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 15. It says, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. Praise God. Did you see what I'm trying to say here? So, now, why would that be possible? 
the, 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 sometimes I like to say the trick or the logic that God used was this. God is a spirit. A spirit cannot die. But man deserves to die. So God became a man so that he can die. Are you following this? But remember, the life of God is not normal human life. It is eternal life. What does that mean? It is a life that has no past. It only has present and future. What does that mean? It means whatever God does, it affects the past, the present, and the future. It just keeps going on. It's an endless life. Are you following this? So if God does something once, that is that is that thing is eternal. For instance, we believe in Jesus Christ and we are saved today, but when Christ died 2020 years ago. <laughs> so his death was in the past, but his death is affecting us now in the future. Are you following this? Because his life is what? Endless. So, if God does something once, it's forever. You know, I used to make a joke. If God slaps a man once, even when the man dies, the man will be giving slap every day before. That same particular time you'll be receiving it, it is eternal slap. Infinity. <laughs> If you go, see, if you go to when the man was in the past, when the man was in the womb, he's a slap to go back there and begin to slap you. Because God has eternal life. So, that one entry into hell began to have, it now went into the past and paid for all those that were there before. So, that one entry into hell now made those other guys released. You won't understand what I'm saying. Hey. You know, eh, let me tell you the one issue that we are having. And people are growing now. It's obvious people are growing. Human beings, the average human being has a concentration span of 25 minutes. After 25 minutes, you just want to do something. That's why I saw a lady on her status. She wrote, This lockdown will not kill me. I'll wear clothes and go out. She just walked out. She just dressed up and went out. I just want to walk around. See, how will I say? See, that loneliness is a lot to kill somebody. So you never see John T. But we are growing in Jesus' name. Amen. That one entry into hell has paid for those in the past, has paid for those in the future, has paid for those in the present. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because it was God in the flesh. Okay. Now, now, how does his delivering the captives in hell affect me? If Christ can go to hell and deliver the captives that were in hell thousands of years before he came, how much more? It means that Christ walking us is eternal. We have something called assurance. Chapter me assurance. Chapter me assurance. How much more you? In fact, there is a part of scripture that people as many theologians are still fighting. They are fighting about it. They say no, it cannot be. It cannot be. But 
the Bible. Let's read it. First Peter 3. First Peter 3 from verse 18. First Peter 3 from verse 18. It says, For Christ also has once suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Hey. Say after me, I've been brought to God. Let's go over it again. For Christ had once suffered for sins. Are you have you seen that statement? Once. Once. If you read the book of Hebrews, you see, for by one offering. Once. For by one offering. Why is he saying all those once, once, once? Because Christ had eternal life. So that one perfects you forever. That once heals you forever. That once changes you forever. Uh, next week, the gospel in his ascension will enter some. I know that most of what I'm saying now will, will be looking new to you. But let's go on. First Peter 3 from verse 18 to 20. It says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Verse 19. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. See, that means many other things happen inside that place. He preached to the spirits where? In prison. I don't want to press on this matter because this prison now, the argument is some are saying it's Hades. Some are saying it's Gehenna. That, no, it has to be people who were serving God before he came that he preached to. But, if you check it, what happened here is actually the people who were even disobedient. Let's go there. Last, last, you will see I'm a false teacher. So, <laughs> I don't care. I'll preach to you the Bible. First Peter 3. It says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the Spirit in prison. Verse 20. Which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, were in few, that's eight souls were saved by water. For him to use this analogy, the disobedience there was not able was the people who were saying, we don't want you to believe, we don't believe them. All those people that died. The Bible is saying that he preached to them. And carried them. You will see King in heaven. What are you saying? I'll tell you the Bible. King, that King you you will see him there. Why? By that endless sacrifice, it covered for even the even the, the sin of Cain. The only people that he did not carry out of hell were those guys who have been reserved under everlasting chains. Do you remember when I started? How much more you? The best thing that can happen to you is to believe. The worst thing that can happen to you is not to believe. Let me tell you. Now you understand when. See, if you like, let a man be driving the latest Jeep, Land Cruiser, uh, um, Red Rover Sport or, uh, or football, Red Rover football, or Red Rover basketball. If the man is not safe, he's a poor man with money. 
Are you following me? A man who is not saved is a poor man with money. Oh. Don't say anything again. See, they don't say this, but. Praise the Lord.
in the name of Jesus, I come against lack. I come against scarcity. I come against lack. I come against scarcity. Step into abundance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Verse 27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. What does that mean? That means that salvation is only possible when Christ appears out of judgment without sin. Are you following me? Let me go back that again. Salvation is only possible when Christ appears out of judgment without sin. How, how was that going to happen? That Jesus Christ was the one that bore the sins of many. How would God bring him out of hell without sin? Some scriptures give us the clue of how he did it. Second Timothy. Sorry, first Timothy, please. First Timothy 3, from verse 16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, that incarnation. You see that God becoming man. So, God becoming man is crucial to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. For you to be justified, that means you were accused. For you to be justified, that means before you were justified, you actually ha had an issue. So Jesus Christ had the issue of sins. Now he's the one bearing our sins. How will God make him free from sins? The Bible says he was justified in the spirit. Oh yeah, how did God not justify him in the spirit? Let's, let's see more. Ephesians 1. From verse 17. This was Paul praying for the church in Ephesus. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now pay attention to verse 19. And what is the exceeding his praying that you know? His praying that you do what? You know. Verse 19. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, to us world who believe? What does that mean? That means the exceeding greatness of God's power is to us world who believe. Someone said the exceeding greatness of God's power is for me because I believe. King James is making it a bit clumsy. He's actually saying that the exceeding greatness of God's power is actually for you. Let's read. And what is the extreme greatness of his power to us, one who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ? See verse, verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Let's go back to verse 19. He said, the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of God's mighty power. What does that mean? That means that it was as though God had to do something to ensure that Jesus Christ 
came out of hell without sin. God had to gather all his power. Are you following this? The Bible says, this is what is showing us that God gathered all the power and shot it inside Jesus. Because you see, Jesus Christ actually entered hell with the Spirit. So God expanded that Holy Ghost power within Jesus. And it literally transformed him from the Jesus with sins to a Jesus without sins. <laughs> Are you following this? So, because by descending into hell, by descending into hell, that one entry into hell, he had paid the sacrifice for sins in hell. He had suffered the judgment. So how is God going to bring him out of hell without sins? After he has paid, what is God going to do? We have to bring him out of hell without sins so that those of us who believe in him we can also come out of hell without sins. Praise the Lord. God expanded and exploded the power of the Spirit within him such that Jesus Christ was transmuted. The Bible says from verse 15. Second Corinthians 5, 5 from verse 15, please. It says, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Pay attention now. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth knowing him no more. What does that mean? It means that the same state, the state at which Christ entered into hell was not the same state he came out of hell. Because he died and rose again. For him to rise again, God transmuted him from the one with sins to the one without sins. So that if any man not be in Christ, he's a new creature. You understand that? Yes, Lord. If Christ went into hell and came out a new creature, those of us who now believe in him will become new creatures in him. Mm -hmm. Who understands it? So Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, oh, sorry, verse 28, it says, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and to them that look for him. You know, King James says, look for him. I would better say, look to him. Because you look, look for him, may look like, maybe is he missing? And to them shall look, that look to him, shall he appear the second time, without sin unto salvation. So I am saved because he came the second time out of hell without sin. <laughs> Somebody say glory. glory. So if you believe in him right now, you are saved. And your sins have been taken care of forever. The Bible does not stop there. He goes for that and adds something else. The Bible now says, if the same spirit that did that into Christ dwell in you. What does that mean? If that spirit can go and transform him from the depths of Hades and did not stop there, he took it to the very right hand of God. What is your situation? He says, if the same spirit that raised up Christ of the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. There is nothing dead around you that cannot come alive. If the same spirit 
Say after me the same spirit. Say after me the same spirit. The same spirit that made him to appear without sin, from which I am now saved. That same spirit dwells in me. See, I personally believe that the present day church has not seen even a glimpse of the Christian, the, the power of the Christian faith. We've not. When you begin to understand it and see, there is nothing too big to be dealt with that cannot be dealt with by this power. If we bring it to its knees, say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Stand up on your feet. Give him praise right now. The same spirit dwells in me. The same spirit dwells in me. The same spirit dwells in me. He's quickening my mortal body. He's quickening my life. He's putting my finances in order. He's putting my future in order. Thank you for listening to the summer. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website, newbridgeccng.org, to download more of our sermons. Remain blessed.